as I was listening to that introduction, I was wondering who they were talking about for a while. Uh, I'd like to introduce myself as, uh, hi, I'm Brent, I'm a sinner. And if you were in AA, you'd say, hi, Brent, because uh, we're all sinners. Amen. And I, I am humbled every time I have the opportunity to preach God's Word. And I know that there are others that uh, I think could do a much better job. And, and uh, most of my life I have uh, been fairly nervous when I stand in front of people. Uh, I was the kid in, in uh, college speech class who uh, tended to get sick every time you know, you're supposed to stand up. I had very few memorable moments uh, in speech class because uh, so nervous. I found that even after being a pastor for over 30 years, I still get nervous. And, and, uh, and so I come with you to you in fear and trembling, uh, not because the message that I have uh, is, is not one we need to hear, but because I, I fear not being able to bring it to you the way God would have me to. And I stand in need of the Lord and of your prayers, and I appreciate you praying for these services. And I'm very, very convinced that uh, unless God shows up, we're, we're in big trouble. Amen. We're, we're in big trouble. As I prayed about what God would have me to share this week, I was led to uh, the second chapter of Ephesians. And so if you have your Bible with you, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to take a look this morning at the first three verses. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. That may be a divine calling here. <laughs> As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. And I want to share with you a message I've entitled The Human Dilemma. And that's this, that apart from God, we can't change who we are. And who we are is sinners. Francis Schaeffer said that within every human life, there's a God-shaped vacuum that only God can fill. And I believe that all of us have a need for God in our lives. And that without the presence of God in our lives, we always choose sin. I, I, I like to work out in, in a gym. Most, I'm there five or six days a week. And, and I go to the gym, although you, by my spelt figure, you probably might not have guessed that this morning. But, but I go there on a mission. And uh, my mission as I go there is to try to introduce people to Jesus Christ uh, at the gym. 
Now, I've had some great experiences uh, in the gym. I, I, soon after I started to go, I, I was uh, invited by one of the trainers to come to his abdominal class. And, and, uh, and he was a really nice guy, a Christian guy. He'd come by and he said that he would train me for free if I would pray for him. And so I said, that's a great trade-off. And so he, he was training me for free and, and working with me. And usually it costs about $350 a month for a trainer. So it was a pretty nice service that he was giving me. And so he asked me to come to his, his abdominal class. And he said, it really looks good to the, the management if I have people in my class. And so he said, I'd like you to come. Well, he, it was 6 o'clock on Monday night. And uh, I, I showed up, and there were 17 other women in the class. <laughs> and I knew I was in big trouble as he was giving the descriptions of some of the things we were going to do. He said, now, for those of you who have had C-sections, <laughs> I turned to the lady next to me and I said, I haven't had a C-section, but I've had lots of donuts. <laughs> you know, you know I, that, I don't know, I've gotten in all kinds of episodes there at the gym, but I, I was in the gym about two years ago and I had this fella come up and, and uh, he was number, he just won number five in the United States in bodybuilding. I mean, he was... I, I love to go to the gym because you have all these guys walking around and they look in, they're, they're worse than women, they look in the mirror all the time and they're you know, flexing this, flexing that, you know, and, and uh, I, it's kind of fun to watch them. But this guy, Mr. Muscles, comes up and he's sitting right on the bike next to me and, and he said, I heard you were a preacher. I said, yeah, Pastor. And uh, in fact, he'd been to our church a few times. And he said, uh, my girlfriend and I, we're looking for a church. I said, you are? That's great. He said, yeah, we're, we're, we're not looking for just any church. He said, we're, we're looking for a church. Uh, you see, my girlfriend is a, her mother's a lesbian. And we want a church where she can feel good. And Katie and I, we don't, you know, we're not really living. And I, I, said, I looked at him and I said, Lee, if you're looking for a church that's full of sinners, I've got the church for you. But if you're looking for a church where the pastor is going to say that sin is okay, then I don't think you need to come to our church. I said, because the truth is that every Sunday morning, I preach to a church full of sinners. But we're there because we know we need a savior. Mm -hmm. And we're there because we know that sin is wrong. And we want God's forgiveness and grace. 
Well, I wish I could tell you that Lee has made a good decision. He hasn't yet. But he knows it's not okay. And he knows that there's a God who forgives. Now, as we come to this, these three verses of Ephesians, I want to talk about the condition of man, about the cause of our sin, and I want to finish with a sobering conclusion. The condition of man is this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. Without God, that is the life that our neighbors and our family members and our friends are in. It's not just that, oh poor them, it's the fact is that they are dead in transgressions and sin. It isn't just a, 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 a thing, well that's too bad. The truth is that if they don't get right with God, they're lost. And, and so we have the condition of man, is that man has a powerless life. You know, there's a philosophy being taught in our schools and colleges and universities today that says this. Man is basically good, and he's getting better and better. When you watch the news this morning, did you think that man is basically good and getting better and better? When you pick up the newspaper, do you get the feeling that man is, is basically good and that our world is getting better and better? You see, the biblically, biblical reality is that man is evil. Our hearts are evil and desperately wicked, is what Jeremiah said. That without God in our life, our lives are powerless to do anything good. The condition of man. You know how sometimes that uh, you have the best intention and you go to speak to somebody and it just comes out all wrong? Have you been there? Yep. Amen. You know, and you kind of leave scratching your head wondering, how did that just happen? We can have the best intentions and still be completely wrong. You see, unless God is involved in what we're doing, we're in big trouble, aren't we? Amen. Man has a powerless life. There are so many people who have destination sickness. When they arrive at where they wanted to be, they find out that it's not what they really wanted. I, I have a real concern for, for America today, and, and one of the concerns is for the young adults in America today. You know, I get to be a part of lots of weddings, and I've, I've had six this summer, and, and, you know, all that's involved with those, some of them have been just huge weddings. I, I, I did a wedding uh, at the same place. Carrie Underwood got married there the week before. And I did a wedding under the same tent and everything uh, the week after her wedding. Just a huge affair. I, I, I would guess, conservatively, it cost the family over $100,000. 
$100,000 for a wedding. You make a pretty good down payment on a house, don't you think? <laughs> you know, I was at a 50th wedding anniversary yesterday, and as, as I, was, I was sitting there and I've been through all these other weddings, I got thinking, you know, I bet it didn't cost them $100,000. <laughs> I bet if you had suggested a $100,000 wedding, they would have had a heart attack. <laughs> yep. Our priorities just seem so out of whack. And it all, all, so many of these young marrieds, they want to have two cars and the house and all the furniture in the house. And they are mortgaged to the hill. You talk about stress. They are so stressed because they have to work so hard to pay for all of these things that their parents have, but it took their parents 50 years to get all of that. But they want it all up front. We live in a world whose priorities are just so far away from where we need to be. We, we have a decaying body because of our sins. <laughs> Hebrews 9.27 says, It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. You know, I, I, I sit in the gym, and uh, I'm usually on the bike riding, and, and I'm watching all these people doing all these ridiculous things. I, I saw a guy uh, Friday that he was doing uh, over 700 pounds of leg press. And with every one, he you know. And I'm just pedaling away on my bike, kind of smiling at him. <laughs> And you have all these people walking by the mirrors and doing all these things. And their bodies decay, just like mine. I tell them, you know, they all say they're, they're there to get in shape. And I tell them, Ron's a shape. <laughs> I mean, think about it. The cause of our sin, verse 2. We are dead in transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. The cause of sin is that we have a desire to conform to the world. We have followed the ways of the world. You know, peer pressure is not only something that young people face. Peer pressure is something that we all are exposed to. Advertisers, this afternoon, the NFL kicks off. And uh, I'm sure that most of you are Panthers fans here, probably. And in order to watch that game, you're going to sit through an avalanche of commercials. 
all aimed at telling you what you need. Before you get to watch the game this afternoon, can I tell you first what you need? What you need is Jesus. What we need is Jesus. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. I, I love that, that chorus. And the, I've made some changes at our church. You know the, the verse that says, Not the preacher, not the deacon, but it's me, oh Lord. I've instructed our church that we can't sing it that way ever again. Because, you know what? It's the preacher and it's the deacon and it's me, oh Lord. Because we all need the Lord. We, we need him in our lives. We, the challenge is that the world tries to get us to be just like them. The challenge is that there is an influence of evil in the world. The Bible calls him the prince and the power at the air, in the air who is at work among those who are disobedient. There is an organizer of evil who is called Satan. And we live in a world in which so many have sold themselves out. Last year in March... We received the news that uh, my associate pastor's wife had pancreatic cancer. And uh, it shook our church. Last year was one of the most difficult years in ministry. But I said to our congregation at the start of it, I want you to understand that we're in a battle. And Satan would love to knock us down. And Satan has gone after one of our best. And we can either let him knock us into the depths of depression or we can say to him, we are not going to cave in. We are going to swing back. And if you try to take one of ours, we're going to go out and try to get some of yours. That's the ministry of the church, isn't it? Amen. God has called us to swing back. Because we know the truth and we know the truth is able to set people free. And while Satan may go after some of our best, we have the privilege of going after some of his worst. And we know that the power of the gospel is able to change lives today. Amen? Amen. And we watched this sister die a horrible death. But we have seen people being born into the family of God. Amen. And we have determined that we are not going to lay down when Satan attacks. We are going to fight with everything that we have. Because greater is he who is within us <coughs> than he who is in the world. Amen. Kathy fell asleep in the Lord in November. I wish you could have all been at her service. Her son stood 
and gave a dynamic presentation of the gospel message at her funeral because there were people that we have been praying for that were there. Some of them for the first time they've been in church because they came to honor her. And the gospel was presented. Knowing that history may prepare you for, in May of this year, my head deacon was driving down the road 70 miles an hour in his work truck and he had a major seizure and went unconscious and uh, he was unconscious for three hours he, he was in the bed of the foot of the truck when somebody finally got to the scene Glenn went to the hospital and, and uh, the news got worse they determined that he had a brain tumor that was quite large in the right frontal lobe that had caused the seizure. And uh, then the next day, we were told that the seizure, that the tumor was inoperable. Uh, he's 47 years old with two small children. And we said to Satan, you can go after one of our best. But we're going after yours. And we're praying for a miracle. Well, Glenn went out to MD Anderson in Houston to determine what treatment they would use on the tumor. And there was a doctor who was supposed to be on vacation that week who wasn't supposed to be looking at his MRI, who saw his MRI and said, I can operate. There was an operating room. There were only three like it in the world. And they went and looked at the schedule. This was on a Friday. It was open on a Monday. That just doesn't happen. And Glenn went into surgery, and the doctor, when he finished the surgery, came to meet the family, and he said, I can't tell you 100% that I got it all, but I can tell you 99% sure we got it all. You don't hear doctors say things like that. And I want to tell you, Glenn is playing golf. And Glenn is, is a testimony to the healing power of God. And I, I, I was with him yesterday. And I said, Glenn, I wish I could take you to Doolin's Grove with me. And just let you stand there before them and say, I'm the man that God touched. We live in a body that is decaying, but we have a God who is able. Amen. And you know, these old bodies are going to die one day, but, but I know a man who can. And just as he spoke to dead bodies, and we saw a resurrection in the New Testament, there's coming a day when we'll hear the midnight cry and the trumpet will sound. These old bodies are going to be new again. And we'll run and not get weary. And we will walk and not faint. The cause of our sin is evil 
and sinful desires. And the sobering conclusion in verse 3 is that all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Pretty sobering, isn't it? We want to say, yep, that's them, preacher. Truth is, it's me. Sinful attitudes and thoughts. You know, I can be in such a good mood one minute. I mean, doing great, spiritually connected, really touching God, and then in the next minute be so mad. And it's over things that don't really matter. But just like that, You know, if I were to walk full steam with all I had into this wall, I would suffer the wrath of God, right? (laughs) If I was standing on a 20-story building and jumped, I would have jumped to the wrong conclusion, right? You see, there are some natural physical laws that are at work in this universe. And there are some natural spiritual laws that God has for us. What's wrong with telling a lie? Why shouldn't I cheat on my husband or wife? What does it matter if I loaf on the job? When we choose to break God's moral laws, the Bible says that we will reap what we sow. Right? Amen. The Bible says that we have a universal problem. Like the rest, we. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one of us who's righteous, not even one. You say, preacher, where's the good news in this message? Well, really, the good news begins with tonight's sermon, but I'm going to, just because, (laughs) because I don't like to end this way uh, and leave you in despair, the first two words of verse 4 are, but God. First three verses are pretty tough. Aren't you glad that God is in the picture today? Amen. And so, regardless of what you've done or been, regardless of the sin in our lives, God stepped into our world in human flesh, born as a baby in a manger. And that God lived among us, was tempted in every way, just like we are, except he didn't sin. And then he died on an old rugged cross. And the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. So that on that cross, 
Jesus bore the weight of your sin and my sin and the sins of anyone else who would believe in his, in his name. So if you're here today and you have a sin problem, I'm here today to tell you there is a Savior. Jesus Christ, who paid the penalty for sin. And because He lives, we can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because we know He holds the future. And life is worth the living just because He lives. Shall we pray? <coughs> Father, I thank You so much for Your Word. And I thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. Lord, do you know us? I pray, Lord, that if there is someone here today that needs your grace and your forgiveness, that this morning they will reach out to you. Lord, if there is one who's never accepted your gift, the gift of of Jesus to us. I pray that today might be their day. We love you, Lord, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing our hymn of invitation. And if God has spoken to you this morning, the altar is open and God will meet you here. I'd love to pray with you. But uh, if, if you would like to respond, if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior, uh, the Bible says that we must admit that we're sinners. I think we all can do that. That we must believe that Jesus paid the price on the cross. And we must confess it. And so if you're here today and you just feel the need of a Savior, I encourage you to come and respond as we sing our hymn of invitation.